Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of Do the Woo, a podcast for WooCommerce shop owners. Bob Dunn here, also known as Bob WP on the web. Today we are talking about one of the most critical pieces for your online store, but in reality, just as important to any website, and that is security. As you know, WordPress back in the earlier days was getting a bad rap for being vulnerable to hacks. But in reality, there were a lot of other variables in play there that one cannot blame on WordPress core, but rather other issues around your site. So security is certainly a hot button in any case, and that is why we are talking to Neil Feather, president of SiteLock, who also happens to be our sponsor. Welcome to the show, Neil. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. You bet. Now, what I'm loving about today's show is that we're not only learning what SiteLock can do for your site, but as Neil tells us more about that, we're going to dive into a lot of what he describes as SiteLock features and not just learn about the how around security, but also the why, which, you know, is my mantra as I've trained over the years. A lot of terms can be thrown around when it comes to security, and we have Neil here to tell us exactly why those are important to your site's health. So let's start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and what SiteLock can do for us. Sure. Thanks again, uh, Bob. So, you know, um, as far as my background goes, I've been working in IT and development since I was probably 12 years old. Uh, I had my first job writing code in junior high. Um, and uh, since then, you know, kind of moved along uh, throughout my career in various different jobs, um, all around kind of harnessing the power of large data sets and, you know, what you can, can glean from having access to a lot of data. Um, and, and that's one of the themes that, that we have here at SiteLock. We started the company in 2008 uh, with the idea that, you know, securing your website should be easy for anyone to do, um, you know, particularly, you know, for sure e-commerce owners, but, you know, any website owner, whether they're a large business or a small company. Um, and, you know, we wanted to make products that were, you know, accessible, affordable, understandable to small and medium-sized businesses. Um, and, you know, we started doing that back in 2008. You know, fast forward to, to now, we have a, a suite of products that help business owners do that. Um, you know, and we think it's, it's, you know, so important to work with these website owners. We have about 6 million websites that are active right now using the products, wow. <laughs> which, you know, bringing it back to that data point, um, you know, really gives us access to a lot of new threat information, new malware information that we're able to, you know, turn around so that our customers are the first to know when something, you know, is is happening with their website and they can react. We can help them react to that and help them, you know, avoid any kind of potential negative consequences that may come with um, security issues on their site. So, um, you know, given the reality of today that security issues are out there and, and you know, unfortunately affect a lot of websites, um, you know, we feel like we're well positioned and we want to be there as that trusted source for, for our customers. Um, you know, and, and being there for us means, you know, 24-7 support, phone support, you know, and, and being available whenever it's on the customer's schedule, not on our schedule. Yeah, it's you know, I'm so huge on security. I mean, I train a lot of users and beginners. And that's what I've done in the past. And a lot of them, that really gets put down on the priority list until, unfortunately, the first time they get hacked, and no matter how much I can beat it into their head. So it's, <laughs> you know, it is a constant education process. Yeah. 
And I know that you offer a lot of different services, and you had mentioned malware, which everybody freaks out on that word. But I know that malware scans are critical. And can you tell us a little bit more about malware scans and then maybe give us some advice on how often your site should be scanned? Yeah, sure. I think, you know, everybody's familiar with malware and viruses as it pertains to their computer. And I think that's a good kind of analogy to think about your website. But not many people, to your point, kind of think about security and securing their website out of the gate, right? I'm too small. No one would bother me. Why would I need to worry about this? Um, And the fact is that, you know, a lot of these cyber criminals aren't necessarily targeting an individual business. Um, They may be targeting, you know, anyone who has access to things they care about, uh, customer data, computing resources, you know, other financial information, email addresses that they can use in other attacks or other, you know, uh, future um, manners to get, uh, you know, some kind of financial benefit. So a lot of it is really like financially kind of driven. And and malware is one of the tools that they use to, um, you know, benefit themselves financially. Now, malware can take many different forms, whether it be, you know, literally trying to steal data out of your database or even something where they're using just using your server to launch an attack against another website. Um, you know, you have a lot of computing resources at your disposal when you're hosting a website, so they're able to use those to send spam emails using your account um, to your trusted customers, you know, and those kinds of things so that they can then monetize those, those later on. Um, you know, so you want to be looking for that malware so that you're aware of when it comes on your, on your site we would recommend that you scan it at least, you know, you want to look for it daily. Um, at SiteLock, we offer products like SiteLock Infinity that scan continuously. It really never stops looking for malware within your code. Um, so, you know, you're getting that kind of real-time data. If you're a business owner that is, you know, really concerned about this kind of thing, that's something that you may want to move to is, you know, pretty much real-time uh, monitoring behind the scenes for, for malware. So, um, you know, I think it, it, with any security piece, it, it comes down to, you know, risk and, and trade-offs that you're willing to make. Um, and, you know, we think that, you know, as frequently as you can is, is great, um, you know, because uh, we want to minimize that risk. But, you know, if you're feeling, if you're a little bit less, you um, risk averse and, you know, maybe just starting out, you know, you may, you may want to just, you know, scale that down and look at it once a month or, you know, be checking Google safe browsing and some of the other tools that are available for you to check kind of proactively rather than having something run automatically, uh, you know, like our products that would, would do. Yeah. I always recommend, I know I have for clients, the, I, I, the reason I like automatic is most of these people that are running these sites barely have enough time to keep things updated and stuff and it's just another thing on their little list it's like go and scan your site well that often gets again oh well i'll do that later oh now i'm going out don't have time for that so i do like the auto scanning i I do encourage to use services like you just because people don't have the time even though in a perfect world we would yeah, I think that's the that's the trick, right? Like security occupies a very small portion of people's overall mind share, right? Yeah. Uh, until it's everything for, you know, if if you get uh, if you suffer a breach or something, but for the most part people aren't aren't really thinking about it. So to your point, we recommend automation to the extent you possibly can, um, even where, you know, we automate not only the identification of malware for customers but also the removal of it. Um, so they don't ever have to worry about it, you know, 
calling us, sending us the support to get. If they want it to be hands off, we can make it as hands off as, as it needs to be. And to your point, you know, look, most business owners don't are not passionate about security for their website. We are. We're nerds. We live and breathe this stuff, right? Um, but for the most part, you know, most most of our customers don't understand it, don't want to understand it, and just want to get back to whatever their business is because that's what they're passionate about. <laughs> so, you know, we think that we have a role in, in managing the security and let them do, you know, what they do to, to drive the growth of their small businesses. Exactly. Yeah. It's security maintenance. Those are the things they really don't want to do. They don't want to be bothered with and they should get in place. So that, that uh, um, makes a very good point. Kind of on the same scale, maybe protecting it. One of the things that I know that you offer is web application firewalls. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've talked to some people and they're, they kind of get it because I think of their, maybe their internet, you know, their ISP and stuff, but they still, it's like firewalls and I, and they may feel like, what, is this something I'm putting on here? Or is somebody actually watching my site? Somebody, you know, it's very confusing to them. And I would love to hear your explanation of what a firewall is and how they can benefit from it, what it really does. Yeah, sure. I think it's an area that definitely causes some confusion for folks because firewalls get thrown around in a lot of different contexts, right? Um, you have a firewall on your, a personal firewall on your computer if you have Windows computer. You have a firewall at your router. You're, if you're running your own servers, you have a firewall there. Um, so a lot of customers, we talk to them about web application firewalls and they say, oh, we have that. You know, I have that through uh, Microsoft or I use you know, the IP tables on my this, this is more technical, guys, right? But, um, you know, when, when you think about firewalls for your computer or your network or, or what have you, a lot of that is based around determining who should be allowed in and who no, should not be allowed in. Um, and it's, it's relatively straightforward because you don't want anyone coming in who's not, you know, an employee or authenticated in some other way, right? Um, especially to your computer, right? If you didn't mm-hmm. ask for it, don't give it to me, basically, <laughs> is, is the rule, right? Your website is a different kind of animal because you really want people to come to your website. You don't know where they're going to come from necessarily. You don't know, you know what tools they're going to use to access your website, if it's a mobile browser or a desktop browser, if they're using Tor or some other kind of means to, to access your site. But um, you want everyone there, right? Because you want to attract as many customers to your shop and drive as much conversion as you possibly can. So when you think about a web application firewall, it has to do a little bit more detailed review of who's coming to your site and what they're doing when they come there. So what it's doing is it's looking at the information that's being sent from the visitor to your website and it's trying to make a determination about what that visitor's intent is based on all the information it can gather about that request, where it's coming from, what tools they're using, what information's being sent in the request. And then based on that, it'll either allow the customer to come through or block that, that visitor um, you know, from coming through. And so you know, it, it's a pretty sophisticated way to block malicious traffic to your site because what you want is all your customers to come to your site and you don't want people to be you know, attacking your site, trying to you know, extract data out of your database or trick your customers into giving them information, um, you know, their passwords and things like that. So the web application firewall is there to evaluate traffic to the website specifically and has very sophisticated kind of rule sets that will 
determine, you know, who's there for good and who's there for bad, essentially, um, and try to block out those folks who are there for, for malicious purposes while letting through, you know, the, the normal users. Yeah, so it's really kind of a customized approach that the firewalls figure out. Exactly. So, you know, in a, in a very simple case, it's, you know, it's trying to block a lot of automated traffic to your site that hackers use to, you know, find a, maybe a vulnerable WordPress plugin or a vulnerable piece of code that, you know, is widely distributed across the Internet. Um, and that's like an automated kind of attack. And those are probably the easiest thing to stop, right, because you can kind of see what a machine looks like when it comes to a website versus a human. When you start talking about you know, human-based attacks where I sit down and try to attack your site specifically, more of a targeted attack, that becomes much more difficult to block and requires mm. a little more sophistication in terms of how you do that so that you're not, you know, blocking real users, but you're letting them through and still blocking out the malicious guys. And that's, you know, there are a lot of tools where website owners can do that for themselves, but it takes quite a bit of technical wherewithal and constant maintenance, to your point about maintenance before, that nobody really wants to do maintenance. Uh, running your own web application firewall takes quite a bit of maintenance. Um, but you know there are tools out there, and we offer one called TrueShield that will help kind of take that burden off and, and manage that for you as a, as a customer. You know there are there are many tools that will do it. You know we we feel like ours is the best because it's very well able to discern good from bad and doesn't block out your real users in an attempt to stop the malicious traffic, you know, it has a very low, what we call false positive rate. Yeah. I'm all for paying somebody to take care of this stuff. I <laughs> don't, I, I, I like the explanation. I love your explanation, but, and I've learned some myself from that explanation, but I don't want to deal with it. You know, I want somebody else to, so Exactly. Yeah, I think that I think that's true for most folks. You know, um, you know, if you're a developer or you, you get excited about this stuff, that's one thing. But if you you know are running an e-commerce shop to sell apparel or you know um, cupcakes or something like that, like where where is this on your um, on your radar? Right? It's it's not really something you want to think about. Oh, not at all. Nope. That kind of brings me into the hosting aspect of it because I know that you know there's managed hosting out there now, WordPress managed hosting that. Uh, has extra security. They put it in place, and then you got shared hosting. You got all this different hosting. Is there some way for somebody? I mean, everybody's going to say we provide some kind of security. I mean, that's just going to be a no-brainer because it, it'd look bad if they didn't. How can someone evaluate if the hosting they're using is providing enough security, or is that a tough, too tough to evaluate by as a user? I think as an average user, it's going to be a little bit tricky, but, you know, there are some things you can definitely look for, right? Um, you know, is, is your hosting provider talking about security on their site, right? Is it prominent? Um, do they work with people who provide, you know, um, specialized tools for web application security? Um, you know, some, a lot, we work with a lot of hosts to help them pro help provide those tools for them. Um, you know, and you can kind of see where their focus level is on security by looking for some kind of tells like that. Uh, if we're playing poker, you know, you'd, you'd be able to tell that they care by looking for stuff like that. The other thing um, kind of like that is, you know, do they let you use password one as your hosting control panel password? If they're even letting you make those kind of decisions, you know, you can kind of tell what the security posture looks like. So I think that there are things like that that you can look for. The other thing I would say is ask them. See what they, their answer is. And if it's an answer that you know, is satisfactory and has a lot of specific detail in it and they can send you information about it, then you, know, you kind of build that confidence in it. Um, but you know, as far as assessing individual tools and technologies, I think that's going to be difficult for the, 
typical, you know, um, business owner to, to, to work on. But those are some of the things that you can kind of zero in on that might help you determine, you know, one from the other. And by and large, the hosting community does a very, very good job with the security of, you know, their infrastructure. What they're not necessarily always doing, unless you're getting into kind of a design and own managed kind of world, is securing your individual website. And that's where a lot of them will offer tools like ours to help you with that. You know, if you think about it for a minute, if they weren't doing a very good job securing the infrastructure, especially some of these large players, there would be a lot more mass breaches that you'd read about where, you know, millions of sites were taken offline in a, in a day. Um, so I think when you're working with some of the, especially some of the bigger hosts, you know, most of the concern is how do I secure my website versus how are they securing the overall environment, which I think most of them, like, as I said, do a, do a pretty good job of doing. Yeah, I think that I had um, asked somebody in security a while back and they had said almost that exact same thing that typically most of the time when a site is hacked, it's more the individual's responsibility than the host because the host is more concerned about, yeah, their servers. They're not going to be spending time in making sure you update everything and that all your plugins are updated and you're not using password for password and all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want them to, right? So how much control do you want to give them over your website contents, right? You want to control that and you want to own it. So they kind of give you pretty good license within your your environment. We often use the analogy of, um, you know, again, if you live in an apartment building, right? Um, You know, your landlord, in this case, the hosting company is going to provide security for the lobby and for the common areas and things like that, not letting just anyone into the building. But if you leave the door to your apartment open and somebody comes in and steals your TV and walks out, like that's, that's on you, right? So just like in your website hosting world, you have your kind of directory, your folder, your area. If it's a VPS, you have your sliver of that server. Um, You know, you've got a, you've got responsibility for that part and they're taking responsibility for the, the, the building, if you will, or the, the server that you're on. Yeah. I'm going to steal that analogy. I love that one. That, that's good. <laughs> that, that really is straightforward. <laughs> okay. So now we've been talking how important security is for websites, obviously so far now with e-commerce sites, it's obviously just as important and, and mm-hmm. it might be more. Where do you see the biggest weaknesses in a lot of the sites you've actually taken over or work with when it comes to e-commerce and online shops? I think it's it's not all that different from ordinary sites. I think, yeah, to your point, like e-commerce, I think folks are a little bit more aware of some of the basic security measures like SSL and things like that because they're used to processing payments and handling credit card information. But some of the same things that we see um, across the board are, you know, failing to update key software components um, in your shopping cart software or in your e-commerce store and using um, weak or repetitive passwords. And let me explain what I mean. So if you have a LinkedIn account, your password is in some some hacker's database right now, right? If you didn't update it in the last year. So if you're using that same password to control your e-commerce store, there's a very good chance that someone's going to be breaking into that in the not too distant future. And, you know, so we, we think about 
you know, using different passwords. You may have a strong password that you use for everything. Um, and that was, that was good enough until some of these large online, uh, you know, locations started getting compromised and people were taking big chunks of passwords and just trying all of them, username and password combinations uh, on, on various different sites. So I, I think that, you know, using different passwords, and one of the things that we advocate for customers as well is, is adding a second factor of authentication right, to where even after you type in your password, it'll text your phone and then you have to type in another code um, in order to actually get access to a privileged area, an admin area of the website, if you will. So, you know, that gives, pe- that gives you a lot more control to, you know, if your password does happen to get compromised, someone also has to have stolen your phone, which is fairly unlikely combination of things to have happened. Yeah. Do you have your own personal rule of thumb or something you suggest as far as how often you should change your existing passwords? I think if you're using two-factor authentication, the the um, the onus to change passwords is a little bit less. But if you're not using something like that, you know, every ninety days, sixty or ninety days, is a pretty good rule of thumb for most folks. Um, you know, that gets to be pretty onerous. So you may want to use a password management tool, and there are a lot of them out there to help you out with that. If you're not using two-factor on important things, we offer like a one-click two-factor for WordPress customers to manage in their admin area, so they can you know just have that two-two-click two-factor authentication right out of the gate. But if you're not using something like that, definitely every sixty days or so, and if something that you use gets compromised, like, you know, I think Marriott got compromised last year, Adobe, LinkedIn. If your password's in there, change all your passwords. <laughs> so if you're freaking out right now, pause the button on this, go change a password, then come back and listen to the rest <laughs> of it, okay? <laughs> Don't be sitting there worried about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's important. So we've talked about everything you've even mentioned ssl which we know you know is becoming more and more and it's becoming seems like it's becoming more and more critical to just about all sites is there anything else we haven't talked about that people should consider especially around e-commerce sites and security i know you've covered a lot already but is there anything we quite haven't touched on i think one thing that you know takes no technical ability and is is good to do for website owners is just practice good hygiene with your web applications. And what I mean by that is if you're not using it, get rid of it. So if you have a plugin that you thought might be cool, you know, a year ago, but you never used it, get rid of that. If you have a, you know, an admin who no longer works at your company, remove their user. Um, You know, it's that kind of stuff that takes five minutes but you will you know when when that's the reason that something you know you get compromised or data leak or something like that um you know you're kicking yourself about it so you know i would say practice that good hygiene and and take that five minutes a month and you know look through your, your list of users and see if they should all be there look through your list of plugins and see if they should all be there and if not get rid of them because those are you know really attractive vectors for people to break into your site yeah, good tips. Excellent tips. Now, I know you mentioned customer support. And for me, when I choose a service, customer support is huge. And I know that really any service, with whether security or not, you can't survive without it. And what you need to know is SiteLock is among those services that not only offers industry-leading website security solutions, but top-notch customer support. And like you said... 24 7 365 you can always reach a live person and i'll tell you i've even had my i had my site hacked once and the minute 
it happens. You're not going to sit back and go, oh, well, I'm going to finish my dinner or I'm going to go back into the conference session I was at. No, you run somewhere. You want to get hold of somebody. So that's why that kind of service is so critical. It's just another reason why SiteLock is your trusted source for website protection. And we haven't mentioned the URL yet to check them out, but go to sitelock.com forward slash do the woo. Well, these have been excellent tips. I know that people are jotting them down, and if they haven't, I'm going to tell you, re-listen, jot them down, make sure you're covered. But what I like to do at the same time is have our guest, Neil, take off his president hat at Sightlock. And I know that probably when you're out there doing this stuff, even as a shopper, you are probably thinking security in the back of your head all the time. I mean, we can't help but do that. But I'm going to say you have just quit for the day. You're home in the evening. You're looking for that special something online. And I have a few questions I want to get answers from you regarding you as a shopper. When you get on a site, what is the most frustrating thing as far as an online store that you see again and then again and again and you just it just drives you nuts <laughs> um my my biggest gripe about online shopping is, is if you tell me you're gonna give me a box to check that says remember me you should remember me the next time i come <laughs> all too often i have find myself having to log back in again in order for it to remember who i am um you know and then as a security person i, I want to have that security but there are certain things that you can know about me and show me that are personalized without uh you know without having a security uh issue in there and you know especially if you're going to tell me you're going to remember me then please do it so that's my biggest uh my biggest frustration i guess yeah i think that's my wife's too she She'll always say, she'll be on some site and she'll say, why is this not, every time I come here, I tick this box and it, every time I come back, it's asking me and, and we got one password that we use and she, she doesn't really like it. It's like, cause she always has to log into that too, because she seems to always be logged out of that. So, so I totally get that. Now, I, I'm not sure how much you buy online, but is there anything that's available online that you would never buy online you gotta buy in person uh, that's a good question i i know there are a lot of really good online grocery buying services but i like to see the food myself before i buy it and i, I i'm sure that they're great but i'd have a hard time like i think turning it down if something came through and i didn't like the produce or whatever i like to see it myself so uh so i think that that's the one thing i'll always want to go and and kind of touch and feel and do myself kind of a crapshoot already when you're picking out produce <laughs> on some things if it's going to turn out good now you got to trust them to bring you the the ripest fruit or whatever if you could sell anything you wanted online if you were able to open up an online store and sell something and you didn't have to worry about hey if i don't make much money it's no big deal i am incredibly wealthy at this point in my life i just want to <laughs> sell this online this is going to be fun is there something you can think of <laughs> If I were incredibly wealthy, I guess I'd sell pictures of myself drinking margaritas on the beach. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I think uh, a childhood passion of mine was collecting baseball cards and, and sports cards in general. So I think that would be a cool thing to 
um, you know, dust off and do, um, you know, in my retirement, uh, you know, and using an online kind of venue to do that, I think would be cool because you get to talk to a lot of people about something that I always thought was pretty interesting, albeit very, very nerdy. (laughs) (laughs) And I bet it would have incredible security. So you wouldn't be able to hack into this and get his baseball cards or order them under a false name. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Well, uh, I think we have a great show that's going to be residing in our archives on security now. And I I love what you've been able to share with us, Uh, stuff that shop owners should be aware of. Basically, anybody with a website should be aware of. And I want to thank you again, Neil, for giving us those great insights on security. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. And also, I want to thank you and everyone at SiteLock for sponsoring our podcast over the last month. Uh, You're awesome because of that in itself. (laughs) Don't forget to visit them at sitelock.com forward slash do the woo and check out all that they offer in making your online store and your website more secure and in addition, giving you peace of mind. So until our next show, keep those online doors locked from intruders. Make sure your site is happy and healthy. And most of all, don't forget to do the movie.